Welcome to Neighbor of Spotlight. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today. Neighbor of Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Minority Arts and Education Fund. Neighbor of Spotlight showcases citizens making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. My guest today is Mrs. Dawn Arrington, a multi-talented person and a thoroughly engaged citizen. She received her bachelor's degree in business administration from Myers University, a master's in business administration from the University of Phoenix, and a master's of arts, English, and creative writing from Southern New Hampshire University. At a very young age, she was encouraged to contribute to her community. She took that to heart. A published author, poet, artist, community activist, network builder, facilitator, and consultant. She has received numerous awards and recognition for her community service. Raised in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood, in 1999, she moved to the Shaker Square area, and in 2003, she moved to the Shaker Square Buckeye neighborhood with her husband and children, where she has been an active and proud resident for 20-plus years. Mrs. Arrington is the Cleveland Action Strategist for IOB in Our Backyard, President of the Larchmere Porch Fest, Grant Maker and Consultant for Neighborhood Connections. Welcome, Miss Dawn Arrington. Thank you so much. How for are me. you, Miss Malone? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like you've come back around. You were my first guest with Dawn, yes. and here we are. And as I said, hey, who'd have thunk it? We're still here. We're still here. <laughs> We're still, still here. So listen, let's get right to it. Who has been your inspiration for giving back to your community? I would say probably my grandmother. Yeah. Um, she was an entrepreneur. Um, she was a tough, tough woman, you know, yeah. um, but she believed in, uh, taking care of family, mm-hmm. uh, even when they ticked you off. <laughs> <laughs> we all know about that. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, but she, she bought the house <clears throat> that, uh, I grew up in. Wow. Um, so she owned that house and so she made sure that her daughters, um, my mom and, uh, one of my aunts had a place to stay. Yes. That's um, important. and so that to me is is crucial. Yes. Um, I think that's where it starts mm-hmm. is, you know, taking care of family even when, you know, they take you off. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's indicative of, of community. We're not always going to be on the same exact page or we're not always going to have the same exact opinion about how things should be. But at the end of the day, we're still family. Right. And we're still going to take care of each other. Right. Um, and, you know, that's the that's the long and the short of it. Right. And she made sure that you guys had somewhere to live Absolutely. that was yours. Absolutely. And that is so important and that's definitely important in our community. Absolutely. It's clearly now in, in light of the the continued foreclosure situation. Continued foreclosure, the, but yeah. also looking yes. at things like <clears throat> I knew who my landlord was. Yes. You know, I, I would go to my landlord's own home. Yeah. Um We've moved so far away from things like owner-occupied homes. Uh, We've moved far away from just having a connection. Um, And, you know, and and I totally get the the idea of building your own um, 
not empire what's the word I'm thinking of? <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that either but you know just building building your own and having your own especially like through things like um real estate yes i totally get that but once you you don't know who the person is that owns your home you don't have that face-to-face interaction you can't call that person up and say hey something's wrong um it starts to build a little distrust within certain communities and then it becomes a us versus them um uh position and i never wanted that for my own children yes um i didn't want that for the community that i live in unfortunately it is a reality for a lot of my neighbors um but then i had it's a really good mix of you know owned homes rented homes um we take care of our neighbors uh yard now they retired to Texas. We take care of their yard for them because I know that they raised seven children in that house. They helped us fix our own stairs. And that's what community is. And that's what I want to see every day. That's 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 true. Now, speaking of children. Yes. What was your first community project that you can remember when you were a young person? Wow. Um, <laughs> so I do. OK, because I can remember. I, I, I'm, I'm dating myself here, but no, you go ahead and tell me your memory, then I'll tell you mine. <laughs> um, so, okay, okay, okay. So this was, so I'm a little bit older now. Um, <laughs> but I remember when I was in kindergarten and going out as um, a kindergartner at Mount Pleasant Elementary School and planting a tree in the front of the school. Um, and it was like 20 and, and that, those were the days where kindergarten was still half day. Half day yeah. So it was like the, the first half kids went and planted a tree and then we got to come behind and plant another tree. So it was like really, really cool that our class got to do that. Um, and I just remember going out there with the teacher and the teacher's assistant and we're all like, take our little shovel and we each took a little piece of dirt out and we <laughs> each planted the tree and we each poured water on it. Um, and I just remember like this feeling of one day I'm going to be able to come back to this school and see this tree. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's there anymore, but <laughs> but it, it was nice to do that. And then when I was in high school, um, we had a bunch, like, I think it was really just starting to come online, this whole idea that like mandatory service almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a requirement for us, but it was definitely something that we wanted to do. So um, our, um, our auditorium, was closed because it had to have roof repair and so it it was gross it was dingy it was dirty and but they repaired the roof but they still hadn't done anything inside the actual auditorium at the school it was closed for all of those years that i was there and then our senior year of high school we all said no we want to graduate from our high school we have this unused auditorium we want to use it Yes. So literally as the graduating class, we went in there and we shined all the brass. Wow. And cleaned the 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 seats. That's awesome. And there were people who may have, I mean, like now it's totally illegal. It was probably illegal then. But climbing in the scaffolding <laughs> and like repairing light bulbs. And these were students that yes. were doing this. And, but we took it upon ourselves so. to say that this is what we wanted. We don't want to have our graduation at Tri-C. Nothing wrong with having it at Tri-C. But why not use what we have right here? Right. And it was it was such a memorable 
great moment. Yeah, and that that takes care of my second question, is that how did that impact you? So yeah. there was those things from the what you'd pamphlet from planting that tree to being in, in the, what was it, high school, you yeah, said? Yeah, You know, and you guys taking charge and putting your, your auditorium together. That's a really, really good thing. Right, and it's it, a great it thing. speaks true to power, <clears throat> I yes. think. You know, because there are times where, you know, especially when you're um, not in the position of power. Yes. When, you know, as high school students, we're not in the position of power. We're just trying to get out. Right. <laughs> you know, but, but we said, no, nah, we're good. This is what we want to do. And we put our weight behind it and said, we want to do this and we're willing to do the work to make sure that it happens. So with that, my next question is, because I, I've worked with you and I know you've done a lot. So tell us about your community projects that you've been involved in and created. And I definitely have a list right here. <laughs> because in the last two weeks, you've been kind of busy. I've been very busy. You've been kind of busy. I've so let's talk about busy. that. Let's let's first let's first start with um the uh, those are water retainers yeah. what, at the at the uh, at Buckeye and Shaker Boulevard yes. and your poetry that's yes. going to be a part of that forever. So forever. tell us about it. Forever. forever, forever, yeah. Oh my gosh, that is like honestly, that to me is greater than any headstone I could imagine. Like you know, you know, when I I don't think about it often, but when I think about like the legacy that I want to leave, you know, on this earth. That's there. My words are there. They're forever. They're forever. So I live in the Buckeye neighborhood. Um, there was an opportunity to be um, to participate in this green infrastructure project, uh, water stormwater retention project okay. uh, with the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. So a request for proposals came out, um, and I was one of the two artists that were chosen, and it made me really, really happy because I think that literary arts is actually very visual. Yes. Um, um, and not a lot of people agree with me, but I I, I want to see more words, especially in communities where words and literacy are not um, as prevalent as they should be. Absolutely. I grew up in Mount Pleasant, and Mount Pleasant has the highest rate of illiteracy in the city of Cleveland. Wow, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, 97%. Thanks. Thank you for that statistic. Yeah. 97 percent. And we can talk wow. till we're blue in the face for all of the reasons why that's a reality. Exactly. Um, but we're not talking enough about it, about it and, and what we're going to do about, about it. it. Right. Um, and how do we um, tackle something so almost seemingly insurmountable? Huge. It's right? a huge statistic. Yeah. 97 out of 100 people that you run into in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood cannot read above a second grade reading level. That has all types of implications, everything from, you know, uh, childhood um, uh, infant mortality rates yes. to um, chronic diseases, uh, you know, amongst uh, people and job security. And it, it I can again, I can talk to I'm yeah. on the face about this. <laughs> well, right. That's another show. Right. That's another show. <laughs> right. So another show. Um, so for me, it was really important to be able to use words to describe what was happening at this project. Yes. I say this all the time that a lot of times things happen to us and we don't know what's happening. Mm, yes. Something shows up in our neighborhood. neighborhood yeah. That we ain't asked for. Yeah. And we don't know about how many yes. times have I seen a bike lane pop up that nobody that lives there asked for. And I wanted to be able to um, talk about what was happening because it was actually needed. This green infrastructure project um, is um, first of its kind. 
So there's a, a park there. Um, and I was part of a project previously a few years ago that created this community haiku mm-hmm. around um, around what we thought culture was in that neighborhood and how do we rebuild. Um, and so we did these poetry workshops at a permanent supportive housing okay. unit. Um, so, again, even more marginalized people within a marginalized community. These are people who really don't have like a connection to the neighborhood, but this is where the housing is. So that's where they were going to be. And so we extended ourselves as residents to say, Hey, how can we meet with our neighbors? Um, And that's what we did. And we created this haiku. Um, Unfortunately, the haiku was implemented on the Moreland Theater. It's a historical site. It's in Buckeye, but it got covered up by another project. Okay, yes. So you went over on uh, Buckeye. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when you did that. I remember that. And so we installed it there, but it was a temporary (laughs) installation. It did get covered up by another project. Totally fine. But how do we... Again, it got covered up and we didn't know about it. Nobody, you know, reached out to us as a community to say, hey, it's time for this to come down. So I took it as an opportunity to etch those beautiful words in stone. And then I had the uh, haiku translated into Hungarian because uh, I wanted to, yes. you know, point to the heritage of the community. community yeah. yeah. I can remember my parents when we moved on Albion in 1960 in the Ludlow neighborhood. A very Hungarian, Polish, yes. Czechoslovakian. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Community. Yeah. And so I wanted to like point to that history. So I had it translated into Hungarian. Um, and then I have four original one stanza poems that are in the actual water basins where once there's a storm that happens, these basins catch the water and then it's processed separately from the residential sewer line along Buckeye. So I was just super happy to be a part of that. So, okay, let me ask you, maybe you can put it at the end. Do you do have, do you have that poem with you? Do you have it in your, uh, I have a, I can find it. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay. All right, because you've done a lot of stuff, and I want to be able to get through yes. that. You, you've done your amenities exchange on your front porch. Yes. Just give us a little thumbnail sketch about yeah. what that was about. Food and amenities exchange. Think, you know, like... Um, um, so if something you had it on your porch, so if somebody had something, they could bring it and exchange it Absolutely. for something else. Absolutely. Yeah. I did one last year and my neighbor th- this year, um, she took, I had some, uh, cu- I had like a cup and pitcher set, mm-hmm. you know, like summertime tray set. And I put it out there and um, she lives a few doors down from me. And I saw her and she was sitting out on the porch and she was having <laughs> some lemonade with her, with her sister. And she's like, look, neighbor, I'm using my cup. So it, it those are those legacies. Again, it's like, can I borrow a cup of sugar? Can I have some of your time? And so we exchange those things, and there's value to it all. Absolutely. And and memories. And good memories. Good memories. Yes. Okay, now, um, you... Uh, you got involved with uh, shooting without bullets. Yeah. As you, your family, your mom, and your children were part of those beautiful pictures at that at that corner of 131st, 130th and Buckeye. Yes. And they're still there. They're they still really there. Nice. They're still there. And I wrote the forward for that project as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, my words are at these gateways of, of Buckeye. So, one mm-hmm. is at Buckeye and Shaker with my original work, and then um, our pictures and the forward that I wrote for the Marigolds project mm-hmm. are. 130 or so like you can have you can read pieces and parts of me <laughs> in the neighborhood from you know one end to, to the, the other. other yeah that is so nice now man you like you've done bridging the tracks yeah i remember that project and that project really um uh, uh, tipped off something else 
the change in terms of public art in the city of Cleveland. Can you talk briefly about that? Yeah, so Bridging the Tracks was the group that did the the community created high Yeah, on Shaker Boulevard right there, like, what is it, 121st? It was at? Uh, yes, so. In, uh, Shaker Boulevard. Yeah. In Shaker Boulevard. <laughs> yeah. And so we uh, painted a mural. It's right there at uh, 110th and Woodland that's on the fence. We mm-hmm. painted these murals. We did the community created haiku, the one that, that is now etched in stone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were part of all of that. And because of sort of the miscommunication when they covered up the haiku that was on the moorland, um, we became, a, or a, members of that group were asked to become a part of the selection process for Inner City Hughes. And Inner City Hughes is this uh, public art um, process or project, excuse me, project um, that takes place in Buckeye and Mount Pleasant. So I was part of the selection group that selected Shooting Without Bullets to do the um, the portraits of me and my family. Mm-hmm. I was also part of that group that selected the artists that are doing um, other installations throughout Buckeye and Mount Pleasant. And didn't something come about because wasn't your work re- wasn't it removed for a minute and you guys so that to, was the that yeah, was the, and, and the haiku were, and the work and that the, we did on and the and did it have something to do with the city of Cleveland in, in terms of you all being able to do artwork publicly or something so something we were, I remember something like that so we were wrong, also uh, bridging the tracks was also an offshoot of the um, city repair project okay. with neighborhood connections okay. so. It was our project. It was also the uh, work that happened over on on the west side in um, Fulton Courts where they painted the fences. Mm -hmm. And um, because of all of that work that we put in, um, the city of Cleveland did change one of their um, one of their. I knew something. I knew something had happened because we wanted to paint on the street. We wanted to paint on the ground. And they were like, no. That's what they do in Portland. They don't do that in Cleveland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then they allowed us to be able to do it on like courts, like side, like alleyways. Okay. We can paint on the ground now. Okay. And that ordinance was changed because of all of that work that we put in a few years okay. ago. Very yeah. good. Bravo. I knew it was something like that. <laughs> I knew it was. And let's see. I, I, I think we, and now let's get to Porch Fest. Porch I mean, Fest. Yeah. It just happened. <laughs> it just happened. Like, so you've had a very busy, <laughs> very busy, very busy, busy week and a half. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, Large Mirror Porch Fest, it happens the third Saturday in June. It is a free one-day music festival that happens in the Large Mirror neighborhood, um, just north-ish of Shaker Square. Mm. Um, 30 front porches, 30 bands. Um, and it's been going on for how long now? This was our 11th year. Okay. This was our 11th yeah, year. Because I know it started with Catherine Storinsky, Catherine right? Storinsky. Yeah, right. Yes, right. yes, yes. She was one of the founders. Um, yeah. We have one founder that is on our board uh, currently, but I think he's tired. So we'll be we'll be looking <laughs> we'll be looking for some more folks over in that neighborhood to uh, take on take on the helm. Um, but I am a board member. I'm president of Archmere Porch Fest. Um, this year it rained, so our attendance was down, but we still had a yeah, lot. I saw on Facebook you had some nice pictures though. People yeah. still showed up. People still, still showed, showed up in their rain slickers and their umbrellas. They didn't care. <laughs> they did, like, right. We will not let a little rain stop some good music. And yeah. and every year that's been the case. Last year was our tenth anniversary. We had close to ten thousand people. Wow. Yeah. Um we don't yeah. have the official numbers in right now, but I'm guessing it was maybe around three thousand. That's still a nice turnout. That's still a nice turnout for a rainy for day. Rain. And for it rainy rained 
all day. <laughs> yeah, for a rainy day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, tell us about IOB. What is IOB? IOB. Yeah, in, in our, our backyards. backyards. Yes, <laughs> yes, which is the opposite of NIMBY, not in my backyard. How yeah. many times have we had people who are like, get off my lawn? <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> you kids play somewhere yeah, else. You play somewhere else. else. You yeah. do something else. You yeah. crazy people, you can't do this here. Yeah. And what Iobi says is that no, you absolutely can, and let's organize. Let's 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 organize the resources and the assets that you have in your community to get something done. Um, I use Iobi myself okay. um, to address again community literacy in Buckeye and Mount Pleasant, um, and it can be a big project, you know, from. Um, like the Tamir Rice Afrocentric uh, Cultural Center, um, where they raised like $30,000. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, or Birth and Beautiful Communities, where they raised almost $30,000 to okay. purchase vans. Okay. Um, or it can be a small thing like... Um, 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 oh, gosh. Oh, Buddy Benches. So Buddy Benches is this project where um, students and parents and the uh, teachers and principal at the school on the west side, they collected bottle caps. Uh, over like a year and a half to recycle these bottle caps and turn them into benches to wow. put on the playground so kids can self-identify when they want to be talked to and when they're reaching out to have someone you know come and talk to them so they can literally sit on the bench and that's a way for them to identify that they're looking for someone to connect with and i just thought that that was just amazing and all they needed was nine hundred dollars in order to be able to pay for the process of making the benches now for the just give a brief understanding of the mechanics of what one needs to do to submit an idea okay you're literally going to go to iob.org okay. slash idea okay and there's a form if you spend more than two minutes filling out this form you have spent one minute too long doing it because literally we're just asking you to tell us your idea you may have a good idea about something that you want to do in your neighborhood my idea was i just want i love comic books and i'm a little bit of a comic book nerd yes, and, right right and, and you did comics comics on the corner comics at the corner yeah comics on the corner and it's a funny story my best friend's husband thought that um i was going to have comedians telling jokes at the corner <laughs> <laughs> and Excuse me. I don't think that that's a bad idea, no, actually. It <laughs> but it wasn't my idea. My idea was just to be able to meet people where they gather. Right. Things like corner stores and mechanic shops and barber shops and things like that throughout the neighborhood and distribute <laughs> comic books um, that have black characters that look like us, that talk like us, that deal with the same things that we deal with and introduce them to these particular characters. Because a lot of times people know the big things, you know, they know the Avengers, they know, they know Batman, they know Superman, they know the Justice League, but they don't know who Miles Morales is, who's an Afro-Latino Spider-Man. Right. Um, you know, they don't know about Noble or they don't know about, um, um, ooh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. And Moon Girl is like the smartest. She's smarter than Tony Stark. She is smarter than all of the Marvel characters out there. She's a nine-year-old girl. And because of financial reasons, she is forced to go to a public school in New York City versus like going to a school that could really um, um, help her. Like the curriculum is not as good as as smart as she is. She's smarter than the curriculum. And that's a real life situation. We see that every day where these kids are sometimes forced to go to schools that don't necessarily meet their needs educationally. 
And I want to introduce those characters to people. And so you were able to use Iobi. I use to get funds to, to be able to distribute to buy those comic books right. and distribute them. And also, I created a um, a resource guide with it and <laughs> distributed that too. And so, people who have an idea about something that they want to do in their neighborhood, and okay. it can be anything as long as it's like you know free and open to the public um you know if you want to do a sock puppet theater come on let's do that sock puppet theater and it costs you two hundred dollars to buy the socks and get some cardboard and you know markers so okay. people don't have to they don't have to have matching funds they can do that do they have to have matching funds no okay no i mean we so we think of matching funds in a different way so we do have matching funds available um right now so we have um matching funds available through a racial justice pro project or program uh with neighborhood connections and those projects have to take place in cleveland and east cleveland and they have to address racial equity um we also have a cuyahoga arts and culture match right now um and that is throughout cuyahoga county and it just has to be arts and culture related which also includes uh urban agriculture um and then we will have another one that's going to be launching very very soon with common ground and those those parameters are actually pretty loose um and that's the one that I used last year. Um, and when I say matching funds, that means that if you have a project that fits in one of those categories, mm -hmm. um, you can, let's say you're raising for, you're looking for $1,000. Every donation to your project is matched in real time, dollar for dollar oh. up to the cap. So the racial mm -hmm. equity one is $2,000. So let's say you were raising, um, looking for $2,000 you would have the first thousand dollars of that matched actually you could have more you can overraise too we don't we don't stop people from overraising wow. funds either wow. um and so those are it's dollar for dollar and those monies are yours so iobi is great in the sense that we um you don't have to meet your your goal you can change your deadline if you need to you can extend it um you can increase your goal you can decrease your goal um we just require you to either be a 501c3 or um, or be a nonprofit, or you can actually use IOBI as your nonprofit. So we can act as your fiscal sponsor for you for projects that are fundraising on IOBI. So how have, how have citizens been responding to IOBI? It has been overwhelming and amazing. We wow. have Yeah. That's a <laughs> we, good thing. It is. It's an amazing thing. Uh, IOBI has been in Cleveland nearly three years. And in those three years, um, Donations to projects have um, reached over $482,000. Wow. The average size of a donation is about $100. And it's been over 130 projects that have fundraised that money. Congratulations, yeah. Don. Yeah. No, I know it has a lot to do with your enthusiasm getting out here talking to me. I know it is. I know I it. I think so. I, I think, think so, so too. I think so. <laughs> so how important is this organization, IOB, to citizens who have limited funds and great community engagement ideas, the importance of this? I think it's super <clears throat> important. So, I mean, there are places that people can turn. One of our great partners is Neighborhood Connections. Yes. Um, you know, a lot of the people that come to me um, – get referred through someone in the neighborhood network um, or they receive funding, but maybe they didn't receive all of the funding that they needed to get, you know, their project going. So then they come to me and they're looking to raise money. 
and they're looking to uh, get volunteers or get the word out. I look at fundraising as a form of organizing. Absolutely. Don't leave money on the table. Yes. People have gifts and talents and of the heart, of the hands and of the head. And sometimes somebody who may have $20 may not have the physical um, a capability to go out and dig, you know, garden plots. Right, but they can give you twenty. They bucks. can give you twenty dollars. Yes, right. absolutely. Bucks. Some, some water if you need it. A- absolutely. Bring some sandwiches. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? And you can and you can friend raise on IOB as well. You can mm-hmm. ask for volunteers as well. That is awesome. on the platform. So yeah, don't you know? And then it gets the word out. You know, people find out. Oh, this was a great idea how did this happen or like how can we help you even further yeah because i've told people it's the, it's the same thing about because you know you and i being involved with neighbor connections You're right and i'm i'm still turning people on to neighbor connections absolutely and I've, i'm turning people on to iobi yes you know i'm telling people all the time yes you know so i mean it really is wonderful. It's I always say it's like wonderful. a really a best kept secret, and it's a <laughs> really great is. way of team building too. Yes. Let me let me put that out there um, that a lot of the people that I deal with are singular folks, but then there's a lot of people that it's a group of folks. It's okay. three or four people who are organizing together, and this is a great way to be able to team build because one person may be really good at social media, and another person <laughs> may be really good at calling people up. Right, and so you're able as a team to fundraise using your best talents in on the timeline. And my job is to coach you through that. Yeah, it's it sounds it really sounds too good to be true. It's so <laughs> so simple, you know. Yeah. But you just got to put that time and energy into you know the the, the you know the passion for what it is you want to do. Yes. I I think it's it's marvelous. Now, how can people contact you for more information about IOB and your community engagement talents? Wow. Okay. So, um, IOB. So you can either submit an idea which is iob.org, I-O-B-Y dot O-R-G. That's right. In our backyard. In our backyard dot org slash idea. And that's where you would fill out that form. Okay. Or you can reach out to me directly, which is Dawn, D-A-W-N, at I-O-B, I-O-B-Y dot org. Um, my phone number, text me. <laughs> <laughs> text me. If you call, I might be recording... A wonderful podcast with Miss Malone, so I can't answer the phone. Right, (laughs) literally, my phone has rang three times since I've been in here. Um, But you can uh, text me or call me two one six nine three zero four zero three zero. I will get back to you as soon as possible. But email and text messages are the fastest ways if you want to reach me. Um, And then submit an idea. I want to hear these ideas. Let's get these ideas going. I know there's a lot of good ones out there. There's a lot of good ones out there, and we haven't even scratched begin to scratch the surface of how good and amazing Cleveland is. It is. It really is. There's a lot going on here. Yes. Yes. Well, Dawn, I want to thank you. Thank you this for having so, me. Like I said, from the very beginning, yes. I really appreciate you, you taught so me much. All the ropes. I, I learned everything. Well, everything I know, I well, learned as from a, you. As well. Okay, really. Well, <laughs> okay, thank y'all. I'll take that. I won't mess that compliment up. Because <laughs> Lila and I, like I said, we like to say this is a homemade, handmade podcast from scratch, and you know, there we're just is. happy, happy uh, that we're able to continue. You ever to have talk homemade, to. handmade from scratch <laughs> pie? It's the best. It's the best. That's why. Okay, I like. <laughs> I think we're a very good podcast, too. Yes. So I would like to thank my guest, Mrs. Dawn Arrington, for visiting with us today. I have enjoyed our conversation immensely. I would like to leave our audience with a quote from my guest today. 
people need a bit of trust, a bit of support, and a bit of practice as they learn to become effective change makers. We need each other, and we need to support each other. That's what community is all about. I think so. That's well said, Ms. Harrington. Thank you. I want to thank our audience for listening in today. We appreciate your support. Please join us again as we continue our conversations with Cleveland residents who are making positive contributions to their neighborhoods in our city. Visit Neighborhood Connections website to see all the community engagement activities and opportunities. Come network and collaborate with residents who are doing big things in their neighborhood. If you have a great idea and want to do something positive for your neighborhood, contact Neighborhood Connections at 216-361-0042 or send us an email at www.neighborhoodgrants.org and like us on Facebook. Get informed, get involved, get connected. I'm Carol Malone, your host. Thank you for joining me today on Neighborhood Spotlight. Neighborhood Spotlight is sponsored by Neighborhood Connections and the City of Cleveland Minority Arts and Education Fund in association with Bad Racket Recording Studios. Executive producer, creator, writer, host, Carol Malone, co-producer, Lila Mills, engineer, James Cannanon, photography, social media, Vince Robertson. Neighbor up, Cleveland!